0: Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co host, Justin Penick. Today we got a couple depth guys. We got Antonio Williams, running back, late add to the PPP schedule, and Quincy Roche, even though he may be a bubble player right now, but I wanted to talk about Quincy Rocher. But we always start with the offense, Justin, and we're going to talk about right now who looks like to be the Giants RB3, maybe RB2, depending on how things are going with Matt Breed, and that's Antonio Williams, who's five 5'11", 210 pounds, 24 years old. He was the first signing of the Joe Shane era, and you'd think a guy relegated to the practice squad and signed in January wouldn't catch your eye. But, Justin, he actually did. Like, you know, whoever the Giants signed first under the Joe Shane, we were going to go and watch whatever clips possible they had. But this was like, oh, wow, Like I think this guy can play a little ball and might might fight for a roster spot. And now it looks like he's. it would be a shock if he doesn't have a roster spot at this point.
1: Yeah, Antonio Williams, friend of the show, friend of the program. Fun fact, one of the funnest facts that I have about being a Giants podcaster is uh, Antonio Williams. Did you know Antonio Williams DM'd me um, in the middle of the summer? saying that his Twitter account was hacked, and I was responsible for letting everybody know that his Twitter account was hacked by some NFT person.
0: And we threatened to kill people because of (laughs) this.
1: And I'm sure he loved that. No, but Antonio Williams, really good dude. We interviewed him earlier back in the offseason. And Antonio Williams, definitely a change of pace running back compared to the running backs that we've had, I mean, I'm talking like the last few years. I'm not even talking like even, I'm talking like even pre-Saquon. Like really the last running back that we had on the team that was as physical as Antonio Williams. I know Andre Williams was physical, uh, but I mean, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say Antonio Williams is the most physical running back we've had since Brandon Jacobs. And I hope that he gets a chance to really show that this year um really change a pace running back from what we've had 2.4 yards after contact per attempt during his one game that he had 2020 he's versus averaging Miami. five
0: in the preseason
1: so averaging five in the preseason so i'm excited to see what antonio williams could do and i hope that he is going to be rb3 may even be at one point rb2 during this season
0: yeah, and I want to because I know people are going to say Brand, like Brandon Jacobs. Would you say I will say Brandon Jacobs is just another level compared to Antonio well, I'm Williams since,
1: since 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 Brandon Jacobs? That's yeah, what I'm, I'm
0: trying saying. to. I, I don't know. I'm not going to Rashad think through every Jennings. Running, no, think through every running back we had. But no,
1: Andre Brown. Uh, no,
0: but he's only played one game in the NFL, but he did good in that game uh, in 2020 versus a Jets team that was fighting to make the playoffs. Like, the Jets team was like, win, and they're in the playoffs, lose, and, and they're out in 2020. He had 12 carries, 63 yards, two touchdowns. Miami. Uh, oh, that's what I meant. 5.3 yards per carry, a catch for 20 yards. Like, he was really productive in that game. And it wasn't just, you can look at a running back stats and be those are misleading. But no, it was like, okay, this is actually some impressive film that we've seen, but he just got buried on the Bills' depth chart. And I want to ask you, he averaged 5.3 yards per carry. How many games does Saquon have of a 5.3 yards per carry last year?
1: How many games? I'm going to say two. Zero. Zero. On uh, how about this? I'm going to throw this back on you. 2.4 yards after contact per attempt during that 2020 game versus Buffalo versus Miami. Saquon had only blank games above that total last year. Three. Two. Saquon two. Barkley only broke 2.4 yards after contact per <laughs> attempt. Twice last year, he did a lot in 2019 and 2018, but only twice last year.
0: Right. Um, so this this isn't going to be the longest one with Antonio Williams, but he and it, you know at the running back position, he's a. He's a hard runner who gets behind his pads and and again we've talked about yards after contact and it leads to that. You know, he's not going to be brought down by, you know, tackles around the legs and he gets behind his pads whether it's falling forward or just running through tackles. Um and you pair that with like he has good when you're running his zone, he's just got good vision to see the lanes. If it's like, "Hey, I need to cut this back, I'm going to cut it back." And we've seen that again in some limited regular season action that he got and then in the preseason games he's been very impressive. You know, arguably the most like like who's been the most impressive player in the Giants preseason this year and I, I would maybe argue that it's Antonio Williams you know you could say Bachman or but I, I really think Antonio Williams has been the most impressive back you know he's been like top of the league and in, in preseason and yards after contact uh, good vision he had seven catches in one of the uh, the second preseason game so I've just been very impressed with him and if you know, if if Saquon were to go down, I feel confident having a guy like Antonio Williams as depth.
1: Yeah. And my favorite answer that Antonio Williams gave during our interview with him, you asked him, what kind of back would you describe yourself as? What kind of running back are you? And at first he said physical, you know, then he said all around. But then I, I think he got to a point where he's like, I've had interviews like this for three years. You know, this is his third year in the league. He's now at a point where he just wants to show what kind of running back he is. I was like, I want to show you what kind of running back I am instead of telling you that I'm physical or that I'm versatile, that can catch the ball out of the backfield too, yada, yada, yada. So I love that Antonio Williams is now like I – he's like the guy on that depth chart along with Saquon Barkley too, but he's the guy on this team that wants to show you what kind of guy that he can be, what kind of running back he can be.
0: And that's why he came to the Giants, was because he saw an opportunity in the running back room that Devontae Booker would be a likely cut, and then the only guy going into free agency that was on this team were going to be Saquon Barkley and Gary Brightwell. Um, so he had, you know, if he was on the Bills maybe, you know, he, if he's on the Bills roster, he's not even a thought for the, for the to make it the roster right now because they have Singletary, Most, and now James Cook. Like, they're not even thinking about it. So yeah. I think that was a big part in, in why... And I think Shane, you know, obviously Joe Shane saw the running back depth and and knew what they had in Antonio Williams and Buffalo and brought him.
1: And he Um, had other teams wanting to sign him, right? He told us that.
0: Yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the i mean the bills were one of them as well uh in the receiving game he's he's never going to be like dynamic in the receiving game but you can trust him to run a flare out or run a, you know run run a swing route. that's like i think that would be the biggest thing of going against antonio Williams, is he just doesn't have like that great speed and burst you know like he runs with good pace he runs behind his paths but he doesn't have like that breakaway speed you know he's not like some slow plodding back but he's just he just doesn't have like you know he's not like he's not dynamic with his speed um and like in the open field I don't know if he's going to be the guy that's just going to make guys miss but again I don't think that's what you're ever going to ask Antonio Williams to do I think you're going to ask him to run zone run gap get between the tackles and run behind those uh run behind those pads
1: yeah, we already have two running backs on the roster that can hopefully do those things that can make guys miss in the open field or especially Matt Breida is just going to outrun you, right? Or Antonio Williams, when he's coming in, and really this is how I evaluate most backup running backs when you already have a Saquon Barkley-like player on your team. How I'm going to evaluate you and what I want you to be is sustain drives and then help keep the team on schedule. When you're given the ball, get those four yards, get those three yards, don't. Have don't have so many negative plays and keep this team on schedule. So that's what I want out of Antonio Williams, and I think he can give you that physical pop, which I think that means something, Bobby. Like think back to that preseason game that we had, you know, against against the Bengals. First play of the game an eight-yard carry that is physical. I was was sitting in section 135 for that, and I got up out of my seat and I said, there you go, Antonio Williams. That's how you start out a game. If you could start out a game like that or start out a drive like that, oh, this is going to be this type of drive. Antonio Williams is going to bring that kind of element to a game, which I think that means something in the grand scheme of things when you're talking about this is a game of football and it's a violent game.
0: Hypothetical, Saquon Barkley goes down for one game. Matt Breida and Antonio Williams are both hundred percent healthy. Who are you giving the majority of the carries to?
1: I'm giving the majority of the carries to Antonio Williams, but I'm giving the majority of the snaps to Matt Breida.
0: I still, I, I don't, I, 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 really like the Matt Breida signing, so I'm still going to go Matt Breida. Like Matt okay. Breida is very dynamic, um, so I still give him. But I do think it's a, I do think it's a split system. Yeah. You know, like it's a, it will be, if that, if he does go down, it's a true two back system.
1: Can I ask you a question? You just did. Oh, good. If we were going into this year with Matt Breida and Antonio Williams as RB1 and RB2, and then maybe another running back that's in there just as a circulation, how would you feel about that? Not great. Not great? Okay. Sorry to throw it out there.
0: I mean, it's, one, Antonio Williams, as much as we like him, he's played one game. And Matt is injury-prone and more of a speed guy than your every down back. And also injury-prone. Yeah. Uh, I think I said injury-prone twice.
1: You did, and I think you said it three times now.
0: <laughs> um, so, all right, anything else on Antonio Williams?
1: No, rooting for you, man. Um, big NASCAR fan, like uh, like you and I are. So, Joe, go Joe Graff Jr.
0: He's also a big Bear Burger fan.
1: Oh, so true. I guarantee if I were to DM Antonio Williams, hey, Let's go to Montclair. Let's get a Bear Burger. Guarantee he'd do it because that's how much, that's how close we are. We're such good friends. Bear Burger, they got something for everyone. Yes, even you. They're a burger joint. They're not the type to be bogged down by the labels. Their menu is filled with options for everyone regardless of dietary preferences. Whether you're a hundred percent vegan or think ketchup is a vegetable, they won't judge. A Bear Burger, there's only one dietary restriction you'll be limited to, food that's made to taste great. They have the best happy hour in New York City. Ton of New York City locations, too. It's actually overwhelming. How many New York City locations they have? 12 p.m. to 7 p.m., Monday to Friday. Exotic burgers, you know about them. Elk burgers, ostrich, ostrich burgers, bison burgers. And they also have a cool little deal. Two Nashville sliders, six PBRs, and a martini, all for under $20 Monday to Friday, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. I want you to click the link in our description to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot, burger joint and Luncheon, Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. Send Antonio Williams a DM and ask him to go to Bear Burger. Maybe don't do that.
0: We're going to get into Quincy Rocher, and I know we never talk about current things. We're just strictly the players on PPPs, but I'm going to ask you, did you see my Sterling Shepard tweet? What what in relation to? I said Sterling Shepard on MetLife Stadium, and it was this.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had to burn that joint. I don't ever want to see it again. Is it, is, is, it, is it blowing up again?
0: No, no one's actually going to believe that, but oh. it's just because it's such a short clip.
1: You sure nobody's actually going to believe that?
0: I would assume. You know what? Ne- you know what? Never underestimate the <laughs> stupidity of people. All right. <laughs> but, Justin, let's talk about a guy who I will be mad if he's not on this New York Giants roster. Same. And that's Quincy Roche, three, two 245 pounds, 24 years old. Someone who we liked in the 2021 draft, but slipped to the sixth round to the Steelers and then got cut on 53 man cut down day. And Dave Gelman swooped in to get him. We did our post Senior Bowl mock draft. I was really uh, uh, impressed with him after the Senior Bowl. I picked him in the third round, but at the time I was like, this might be a little reach, but I viewed him as a fourth round player at the end of the day, Justin. And now we don't need, we can save it uh, for the end, but it just, for right now, it seems like he's a little buried on this depth chart beca- behind guys he probably shouldn't be buried
1: behind. You know how we said good teams have Julian Loves on them? Like, a lot of Julian Loves? I'm also going to say, I feel like good teams have players like Quincy Roche on them. Where they shouldn't be expected to be full-time starters. Where Quincy Roche was a full-time starter when he finally got his playing time, rightfully so, in the year 2021. But Ideally, Quincy Roche is the guy that comes off the bench as your situational, whether it's a pass rusher, somebody needs a break, he's good against the run, we're going to talk about that, but I really love Quincy Roche because I feel like for what his role should be and what it can be on this particular Giants team, I think he fits it very, very well because good teams have players like him.
0: He's a rotational piece, and I went back and listened to our outside linebacker review in January and we said you know we weren't sitting here singing the praises of quincy roche but one thing uh, i said was like this is a guy who's gonna uh should play out his rookie contract with the new york giants at least you know and we had the conversation where i was like does three million dollars sound good for lorenzo carter yeah that sounds fair but i made the point that quincy roche can do what lorenzo carter does to not spend that money on lorenzo carter um so let's let's just talk about him as a player though last year uh, was claimed, la- you know, right before the season started. They wouldn't have put him in the starting lineup over Oshane Zimenez and Lorenzo Carter, who was struggling very badly in the first half of the year. Uh, played 42% of the snaps, had 38 tackles, two and a half sacks, five tackles for a loss and five QB hits with seven pressure. So not amazing numbers, but when you think it like, Hey, this is a guy who played 40% of the snaps to get 38 tackles. That's not a low number. Two and a half sacks. That's modest. Five tackles for a loss. Like that's that's solid for a guy that we're viewing as a rotational piece. Five QB hit, seven pressure. I mean, that's you know that's better than numbers. You know, career like career best for the guys that are in this edge room that are battling with six round Jihad rookie, six round rookie, yeah, who got cut. So. As a player. I think he has solid get off to test offensive tackles. He can dip around the edge if he does win that battle to the corner. I think his best attribute is his quick, violent hands that can stun offensive linemen. Like that's where you see most of his wins come from. Is like, hey, he's just got good hand fight, and he's gonna work outside in, or he's pushing the corner. And he, uh, and but I think he needs to be more consistent with his power. He's got all right pie. I think he's kind of just like decent at, at at everything. Not he's like a jack of all trades, master of none, none type player. I think in the run game, solid setting the edge <clears throat> uh, and can disengage in the run again, using his hands. That's where his hands come into play. Uh, and then again, decent strength, but never going to stun or over or, or overpower offensive alignment. Justin, you have a third year. Uh, you have, a, I feel like you have a guy who's a second year player who should be the third guy um, and can be, and as a second, and he's a second round, uh, second year player. Like I think he can be decent in everything. And I, I think he should be the third guy in this rotation after Kayvon and Aziz, and at the very worst, the fourth
1: guy. I mean, he he is the third best edge rusher uh, on this team. He's um, got
0: better production than any of uh, anyone else besides Aziz and Kayvon.
1: That includes Obviously Jihad Ward, Kayvon, by the way. He's been in the league for a long time.
0: Yes, who's been in the league for six years? He's played on the Ravens' defense with Wink Martindale, and played a lot of snaps. He was on the Jacksonville Jaguars last year, where he should have got some playing time, um, you know? And uh, and the film matches it. You know, like that sack versus the Raiders and Colton Miller that ended the game. Who Colton won, Miller won the is a, game? Sol- a solid left tackle. That's better than anything O'Shane Ziminez or Jihad Ward has ever dip- put on film in their career. Yes. Anything, that play. To, to, to dip the edge on that, that was better than anything those guys have ever put in on film. So, again, I'm, am, I, am I expecting that play out of Quincy Roche consistently? No. But it's nice to know that that's in his bag. Second in his, in his bag. bag on a PPP.
1: In his bag, um, even the Miami, um, the Miami sack was was quite impressive too. Uh, Eichenberg from Notre Dame, not yeah. as an impressive tackle, but the one arm no stem, tackle, but- the one arm stem, um, that Lorenzo Carter was was well known for. But again, he showed off that strength, that hand strength that Bobby was talking about. Um, and I think his best his the best part of his game is against the run. Which I do think is very, very valuable for, for an edge rusher. Yeah, you want those edge rushers to get consistent pressure on the quarterback, but you also don't want to be a liability to, okay, when this guy's in the game, let's just run towards his side. And if Quincy Roche can, you know, give some, you know, give some relief to Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojalari and go in on rushing downs, and we can feel good about him against the run. But also if he needs to get after the quarterback, we feel okay about that too. Then let's do it. And I do think his best attribute as a player is is playing the run and playing it well. And guess
0: what? That's the two biggest weaknesses of Ellerson Smith and Ocean Zimenez. Like those guys are horrid versus the run. Horrible versus the run. So don't talk to me about this. He's not a system fit. Tell me what he's not a system fit. Because guess what? We're not. I'm going to bring up preseason stats, but he's outperforming those guys in pressures. Uh, you know, QB hits, tackles for a loss. He's outperforming those guys and in, in the preseason. Okay. Tell me what does O'Shane Zimenez do better than uh Quincy Roche? The only thing is move laterally. That's the only thing. Yeah. That's the only thing, and if you're telling me that's enough to put a guy who's a liability in the run game, doesn't really. I mean, Quincy Roche flat out just outperformed O'Shane Jimenez by a mile last year, and oh. and is a fourth year <laughs> player compared to a second year player. Quincy okay. Roche
1: is the reason why O'Shane Zimenez was benched for the entire second half of last year after that Kansas City game. He yeah. was the reason.
0: Like, didn't play a snap after that. I don't think. No. So, um, and I don't think he's had. I think he's had one QB hit and since you know 2019 so again I, I I'm getting fired up and I don't think and again Quincy Roche is not some great player okay like when we you know like he, he's gonna like it, it, when this thing gets turned around it's not gonna be because Quincy Roche is on, uh, on the team but he can help and be a good rotational piece and i think he i think he's better than all those those three guys jahad ward Ellison smith and uh, O'Shane Zimenez, right this moment and i think he's got more room to grow than all three of those guys except for Ellison smith but i don't want to hear about Ellison smith ellerson smith's ceiling i don't think he's ever going to get to what his ceiling is
1: yeah yeah cuz if you uh, you yeah sure you could talk about ceilings but i think quincy Rochet. Um, if we're talking about apartment buildings, Quincy Roche is on the 10th floor. Elson Smith is barely getting out of the lobby. So <laughs> in terms of their development right now, um, yeah, Bobby should be on the team. But I'm just deathly afraid right now that he's not going to.
0: Very frustrating. Um, so whatever happens, though, I will be rooting for Quincy Roche in his career. Yeah. Um, And I I know it's never going to be a 7-sack, 10-tackle for a loss guy. He's never going to be that. No. But he's going to be a guy who's going to last in this league.
1: I mean, the fact that he has three years left of control, where O'Shane Zimenez has this year, this is a contract year for O'Shane Zimenez, right? Yes. Jihad Ward is on a one-year deal, and yeah, Ellerson Smith also has three years left because they were uh, Ellerson Smith and...
0: But you don't have to cut Ellerson Smith either. No,
1: you don't. No, you don't. But my overall point is that... Quincy Roche having so many years of control, financially cheap, like that should be enough to kind of keep him around. And especially what he showed last year should have been enough to keep him around. And then, especially what he's showing in camp in the preseason, going out there and do- dominating second stringers and third stringers. That should be enough for him to be around and be a rotational player. But I don't know. For whatever reason, there always seems to be one or two players every time a new coaching staff comes in. One or two players where it's like, what are the coaches not seeing that we're seeing, or vice versa? Like, what are we not seeing with Quincy Roche? and what are we seeing with guys like O'Shane Zimenez and Jihad Ward? Like, what are what are they seeing that we're not seeing? I feel like that happens every single coaching staff. It
0: almost seems like the draft profile, like Drew Wilkins, the outside linebacker coach, like talked about O'Shane Zimenez in the draft process when you know talking about him. Um, so that like it, it almost seems like that. We like we know jihad ward's gonna be on the roster no matter what. So like we're not talking about cutting jihad ward, but when you compare him to Ellison and, and O'Shea, it doesn't make sense. All right, you got anything else?
1: No, rooting for Quincy Rochet, hope hoping he is a giant for some time.
0: And I need a guy from the U on the team that I can represent. Like Feliciano's True. a one year stopgap. Rocher's my guy from the U. So we uh we appreciate you guys. We'll be back tomorrow with a really good episode like we might have two separate interviews on it um, recapping joint joint practice so we appreciate you guys we will see you tomorrow until then let's go big blue